Welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My mission is to help engineers develop their soft skills and break through the barriers of social anxiety to show up more boldly at work, create awesome friendships, improve their dating and relationships, and build lives that they love. Hello and welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My name is Dylan and I'm so glad you're joining me today. This episode, I want to talk about something that I know has affected me a lot throughout the course of my life, especially when it comes to achieving and want to do, do, wanting to do more at work, as well as other areas of my life. I often deal with feeling overwhelmed, and I think I used to just ignore this and try to push through it and try to just do, do, do in spite of the overwhelm, and then I would eventually crash and just not be effective. Well, I want to talk about some strategies for how to optimally deal with feeling overwhelmed because I've found that the more and more I've become adept at working with this feeling, which tends to be a a fairly common one for me, although I'm getting better and better at making it come up less and less, but just the ability to deal with that feeling of overwhelm and being able to quickly move to a different emotional state and being able to work my way out of it and be effective is huge. It has changed my life in to a great degree. So I want to talk about some of the things that I've learned through studying how to get better at this and through experimentation on myself in terms of going from feeling overwhelmed to feeling just positive and high energy and ready to attack the things that I'm doing and how to be effective when this feeling comes up for you. So the first thing is becoming really good at checking in with yourself. So checking into your emotional state is huge, and I've found that meditation helps a ton with that because I used to not be able to really tune into my own body and my emotional state, and this is highly important. This is a hugely valuable thing to be able to do. When I wouldn't check in with my emotional state, I would find myself being ineffective for large periods of time, but I wouldn't necessarily realize it, or I'd be angry or feel some emotion, and rather than just checking in and saying, oh man, I I recognize that I'm feeling angry, or I'm feeling overwhelmed, or I'm feeling sad, and checking in and tuning into myself and being with that emotion and then letting letting it sort of subside, like a wave raise up and then crash down, it would just be there with me, and I would spiral into it. I would, I would fall into being in that emotional state for a long period of time rather than checking in and and working on it with myself. So being able to check in is huge. And then once you check in and you recognize that you are in a certain emotional state, in this case overwhelm, you want to find a way to calm yourself. And this might be personal to particular people. I find that some great ways to do this are to one, get your body moving. So often we can be in negative emotional states, we can be feeling down, we can be feeling overwhelmed. And we think this is just a problem in our heads. And while that might be the case, getting into your body is huge. Your psychology is not just made up by what's going on in your brain or in your head. Your psychology is also constructed of your physiology. So by just even going for a walk or doing a mini workout to just get your blood pumping, you'll find that by doing that, that will have this effect on your psychology where all of a sudden you're back into a more positive state. 
Another thing that you can do is to meditate. So even a quick meditation can, when you tune into the feeling that is coming up for you, that will allow it to, like I said, like a wave, it will rise up. You'll feel more of it because you're tuning into it and paying direct attention to it. It will take up more of your awareness. But as you pay attention to it, you find that in indirectly paying attention and putting our awareness on a particular feeling, it tends to subside. It just wanted you to pay attention to it, and in doing so, you you work with it in a much more optimal way. Whereas if you try to avoid it and stuff it down and act like it's not there and distract yourself with your phone or try to drink some sugary drink or some caffeinated drink or eat, eat a bunch of food to get away from the feeling, it's going to persist. What you resist persists. So find a way to calm yourself after you've noticed that you're in a feeling of overwhelm. The next is to create a master list of to-do items or items that are on your mind right now because often when we're overwhelmed, there's just a ton that's running through our mind. It's circling through our brain. And I learned this from a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen, which is fantastic. It is known as the inbox in his book, Getting Things Done. And if you don't already have a list like this someplace, it could be on your phone or on your computer or a physical list on paper where you are recording all the things that you need to get done. And it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be, don't be perfectionistic about this. But having a list where you have all these things that are taking up mental bandwidth and just being able to brain dump them out onto some sort of recorded thing is hugely helpful. Not only in the sense that you now have it recorded, but it's psychologically helpful, big time. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, one of the best things that you can do is sit down and just brain dump everything that's on your mind, everything that you feel like you have to get done, or everything. It could just be emotional things. You know, I know that I have this thing going on, this relationship with this other person, and that's been just taking up my mental bandwidth, just writing that out. The human brain is great for thinking about things, not thinking of things, is a concept from David Allen that I loved. We can be, when we're focused on a particular problem, we're really good at honing in and solving that problem. But when we have a bunch of things swirling throughout our brain, we're not so good at the whole memory storage and memory retrieval thing. Leave that to the computers, leave that to your journal or a piece of paper or whatever, and allow that to get that out of your head and record it somewhere. So the next thing, once you have a brainstormed or brain dumped list of things that are on your mind, chunk the problem or problems down. So what is the next thing you have to do and how can you, instead of having it be maybe your, it's a year-long project, that's overwhelming. Our brains don't like having to dive into something that is a long process or something that is daunting or something that we're looking at and on a, on a subconscious level we're viewing that as that's going to take forever and be a ton of effort. Our subconscious minds, we are evolved to just want to do the easiest most lazy thing. And I know that might sound in some way insulting. You might think, I'm not lazy. I'm a hardworking person. Use whatever language you want. This is just about optimizing your environment and your, your psychology 
such that tasks appear easy because your subconscious is going to avoid things that on the outset just appear really difficult and time-consuming and hard. Whereas if you chunk your year-long project down into something that's going to take, you know, the very next action step that's going to take five minutes and you know exactly how exactly what you need to do to get it done, that is really powerful. So that brings me to the next step, which is the next action strategy. And this is another piece. This is another piece from getting things done that I found to be hugely valuable, which is just writing out the very next action that you need to take. This is especially effective for big projects that have a ton of steps that need to be done in order to complete the thing. And you want to pick the very next action and just get started on it. And when I say pick the next action, an important distinction that David Allen makes in getting things done is that rather than making it something fairly fuzzy, you know, maybe the next action is plan birthday party for Billy. And that might sound like it's the next action, but that's actually made up of a bunch of different steps. So the distinction, rather than just writing out what you think the next action might be, you want to focus on what is the next physical, visible thing that you have to do in order to complete said project. How can you chunk it down to the smallest, next physical, visible thing? So in planning the birthday party for Billy, in this example, what is the next physical, visible action step? Well, you realize that you need to get a cake for Billy. So is the next action step get a cake? Well, maybe there's a, there's a preliminary step that needs to happen first. Maybe it's contact the bakery. Okay, but contact the bakery, is there anything you need to do before that? Oh, you need to Google the bakery's phone number in order to contact them. So that would be your next physical, visible thing. Would be write down the phone number of the bakery store that I got off Google. That would be a great way to to write out that physical, visible, next action step. And then, because you've made that so clear, that is so obvious what you have to do after you've written it down in that way, it makes it really easy to jump into the overall project. And then you find that once you get going, you become you get into flow, and it's much easier to continue, and things happen easily from that point on. But when you have things kind of fuzzy in your head or not well-defined or not specifically written out, there's just going to be resistance to it. And the more and more you can use your willpower to remove resistance to doing a particular thing, that is a powerful way to attack projects. Next, I want to talk a little bit about mindset. So I've talked on this podcast and in my videos and everything about how Many things in life are 80% psychology and only 20% mechanics. 80% mindset, 20% mechanics. And this is no exception. So when it comes to dealing with overwhelm, mindset is hugely important. One mindset that I've found to be really helpful with this is the mindset that there is only so much that I can do in a day. And this might sound limiting, right? We might think, oh, if I, if I say there's only so much I can do in a day, isn't that limiting? Don't you want to not have these limiting beliefs and really believe that you can get anything done? And while I agree with you, you don't want to limit yourself. You do want to have some realism in your thinking. 
Because there is a definitive limit, in some sense, to what you can get done in a day. There will always be more work. And there's no sense in worrying about the fact that we we can't control the fact that there's always going to be more work. So don't allow yourself to be constantly ruminating on how there's more and more and more and more to do. Rather, just chunk out what can I get done today? How can I be effective today? And allow yourself to be okay with the fact that there's going to be more and more that you may not be able to get done. It's best to just take calm, right action on the next thing that you have to do, the thing that's right in front of you, rather than constantly ruminating on the things that are future things that you know you have to get done. It's not actually productive to be constantly focused on all the stuff you have to get done, even though our brain may trick us in some way into thinking that that's going to be a useful way to spend your time. The next mindset is time abundance. And I love this one because I used to, and still to some degree am, I can feel very time scarce. So I can feel like there's not enough time. I can, this isn't always me speaking it out in my own mind, but sometimes there's just this feeling of I have so much to do in so little time, and it can all just feel very, very overwhelming. So time abundance. A couple of things that I learned from one of my mentors is he would do affirmations where he would repeat to himself things like, I have all the time in the world. And he would repeat it in this way that just seemed so relaxed and so confident and so abundant with time. He would repeat it like, I have all the time in the world. (laughs) And just this almost like king type of way. Another one that he would repeat to himself is, I have nowhere to be and nothing to do. And while you may say, well, that's not true. I have a ton of things to do. In reality, we often are beating ourselves up because there are these, this belief that I have to get these things done. And at the end of that logical chain is just somebody's going to be mad at me if I don't get enough done. So when you have in mind, I have nowhere to be and nothing to do, this reminds you that you truly don't have to do any of this stuff. Everything is a choice. And while I'm not suggesting you just quit your job, up and leave, and don't do anything ever again, that would probably not be the best strategy for you. Recognizing that I don't have to be doing this thing right now, I can step back and take a break for a little bit until I feel ready to do it. Or even just recognizing that this is a choice to be doing this thing, or recognizing that I don't Recognizing that I don't have to be working right now, I found this to be really valuable. So even though these mindsets, these statements, I have all the time in the world, is that really true? Maybe not necessarily. I have nowhere to be and nothing to do. Is that entirely true? Not exactly. But that will just, repeating that sort of mantra to yourself will retrain your brain to to believe, okay, I, I have plenty of time to get the things that I need to get done, done. And in doing so, you come to your work with much more a feeling rather than being overwhelmed and frazzled and and concerned about, can I get all this stuff done? You come to your work with just a feeling of calm and you just sit down and say, okay, what's the next thing I have to get done? Okay, I'm going to calmly approach that thing. I'm going to work on it single-mindedly focused until I get it done. And then I'll focus on the next thing that I have to get done. And bring that level of calm, focused energy 
is going to allow us to get more done, even though paradoxically you would think that tearing your hair out and being on, on, on and worrying about all these things and, and being focused on all these things you have to get done, that's not the most effective way to work through a big list of tasks. Okay, and finally, so we've talked about some of the actions you can take. We've talked about calming yourself, creating a master list, chunking down problems, the next action, and a bit of mindset stuff. Let's talk about how to deal with the actual feeling. So I find it's important to investigate what might be causing this problem of overwhelm and why it might be causing emotional discomfort for you and tuning into that emotional discomfort. So two things, figuring out one, what is the root of my psychological concern here? And two, what is the actual physical manifestation of that emotional discomfort for me? And how can I be with that thing such that it is not just eating at me? So the first thing, getting to the root of the problem psychologically. Oftentimes, in fact, almost always, and I alluded to this a bit before, but we are concerned that we're going to make somebody mad or disappointed if we don't get everything done on time. And this can leave us with this psychological or emotional sense that we're not going to be okay if we don't complete this thing. We don't feel safe. We don't feel calm. We don't feel focused. We're so concerned that somebody's going to be mad at us if we don't get something done. And that leaves this psychological or emotional residue that is not helpful. So recognizing what is the root of your psychological concern about getting things done. Often it's just people being potentially being mad at us. So focus in on what that might be for you. And number two, what is the emotion? What is coming up for you? Is it a tightness in your neck or your face? Is it a a feeling in the center of your chest that's coming up? Is it in your gut? Noticing where in your body is that thing and then just being with it. Tuning your awareness into that thing, allowing it to be there. And I know this can sound like it's a waste of time. I'm taking time away from getting things done to just focus on my body and my emotions. That's not useful. Well, really it is. As humans, we are these emotional creatures and... We can ignore that and act like everything is going on in our head and we're always rational and logical. Well, you're very much driven by your emotions and what's going on in your body, emotionally speaking. So if you can become adept at tuning into these emotions, understanding what's there, being able to effectively work with them, which, in my opinion, one of the best ways to effectively work with that emotion is to tune your awareness into it and be fully with it for a certain period of time. This can uh, sometimes just two minutes of focus on that emotion can allow it to, to come up for us and then crash down like a wave and just be, have worked its way through our body. Sometimes it takes longer. Oftentimes, you know, it's taken me 30 minutes of working with the thing and just having the, the mindset of I'm going to be with this thing, and I'm going to fully allow it to be here, fully surrender to it. If you want more on this topic, I would really recommend diving into David Hawkins' book, Letting Go. I absolutely love that book. But fully surrendering to the feeling, fully allowing it to be there, telling it it's welcome in your body, 
paradoxically is what allows you to let go of these things that can be with you, whether it's at a 10 out of 10 of emotional pain or whether it's just, this is often the case for me, something is, it's at a 2 or a 3 out of 10 in terms of like how much I feel it emotionally, but it's just with me all day. And learning to work with that has been so helpful in my own life. Awesome. So I hope that that has been helpful. If you're somebody who deals with overwhelm constantly, don't feel like you have to take all of these strategies into account. Just taking in one or two or three of these tips can be hugely valuable and just work with them consistently. So that might be tuning into your emotional state and calming yourself. It might be creating that master list. It might be getting really good at identifying the next action and just going toward it. It might be working on your mindset, and it might be diving into that deeper psychology and working with your emotions on a deep level. Whatever it is for you, whatever you feel would most move the needle forward or be the thing that you feel you could do consistently, that is a good place to start. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. You're awesome. Have an excellent day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. If you're interested in more, you can go to engineersoftskills.com to check out more videos, podcasts, articles, and to download a free PDF called The Ultimate Guide to Soft Skills. This is a 25-page ebook covering the best of what I've learned on how to level up your soft skills to improve your social life, dating life, and career. Again, thank you for listening.